0: another episode of Article 23, your podcast all about work. We're excited to be up to our lucky 13th episode, and this week, our main focus is going to be all about diversity and inclusion. But first, as always, I'm joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall.
1: Hello, great to be here.
0: Great. Look, diversity and inclusion is a topic we absolutely love, and we realize it's extremely important. We've done a lot of work with um, a range of Australian organizations that are looking at this.
1: We have. And uh, you might also recall that Article 23, the name of this whole podcast, is named after the space in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, yeah. and it's a language a little different today, but about equal power and impact is about your right to work. Yeah. Uh, it gives everyone that right. The right to work is Article 23 of the UN Declaration of Human Rights, and irrespective of dif- differences or similarities, and that is an awesome foundation on which to build diversity and inclusion for all of us.
0: Yep, totally agree. And I think we'll come back to the topic of diversity inclusion, but let's share a couple of real game-changing insights on work this week from around the grounds. Firstly, an initiative from a sport we like to follow, the AFL. Oh, gosh. I th- I think I think you know where it's going to go given that reaction, Rhonda. How did Carlton go this weekend?
1: Well, it would appear that we're headed back to the bottom of... <laughs> Yeah. After that week of being fourth bottom.
0: I looked it up, as I always do, to be able to poke fun at you. 58-point um, loss at the hands of North Melbourne.
1: Yes, it was dreadfully sad because they're also on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, but we're in a regrouping, de- regenerative. uh what's it called? Phase. I don't know. You're
0: rebuilding, <laughs> reforming, reforming, getting young talent in. It's a good time.
1: Wishing Stephen Silvani had more sons that rolled enough to play.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that sounds like a real a real fan.
1: how the Swans go, James?
0: Look, I'm a Sydney fan, so I'm on the bandwagon always, except a million miles away as soon as one of the wheels fall off. And that is happening... Typical this, Sydney fan. A typical Sydney fan. And this is happening, 22-point loss at the hands of the high-flying Brisbane Lions. But... It wasn't so bad because there was a pretty cool initiative from what has traditionally been a fellow um, cellar dweller, I think is the expression of Carlton <laughs> St Kilda, who are doing a lot better this year, by the way, but they've implemented a pretty fantastic initiative they, they at Docklands. Have,
1: they have. It's absolutely fantastic. So this is something you see occasionally yeah. in churches and things like that, but yeah. they've actually implemented a calming room or a quiet room at Docklands, Yeah. and that is a huge um, step for AFL fans on the autistic spectrum or with members of their family on the autistic spectrum. Because it's identified a need that that sensory impact of the noise, the crowd, the intensity of all is actually pretty overwhelming for people on the spectrum often yeah. and a quiet room a place to watch the game and still be able to enjoy it but actually not be over stimulated yeah. is absolutely fantastic I was so thrilled when I saw it
0: yeah and obviously the crowds at AFL can be absolutely massive as oh, well gosh, and extremely yeah, noisy absolutely. yeah fantastic so well done St Kilda in the AFL look I think for our next little bit of news around the grounds it's safe to say we take um, an apolitical view at moi we won't talk about politics or the election, and we will we'll hold ourselves to that. But I think good. I, I think I, <laughs> good. I hate good. those people. I don't care what side they're from. I, no. I dream <laughs> of
1: them rising up to be inspiring, but I just haven't seen that just yet. But I'm looking forward to
0: it. I think that's right. But I was thinking about this one as, you know, on the drive to work um, every morning where I see funny posters, post uh, up on the wall, kind of street art stuff, having a go at particular people.
1: You're in a key electorate for that. A
0: key electorate for poking <laughs> yeah, poking fun at people and then seeing what happens in taking them down. But also um, the range of campaign um, volunteers that happen. But what got me thinking is something we don't cover. We, we all don't like politicians, but they work pretty hard at this time through the election. They do. The travel is brutal. There's campaigns announcements, leaders debates all over the country, multiple times, multiple meetings, pretty full on.
1: So we found a solution <laughs> to escape all of that. Yep. And it's called...
0: Yep. We need watch, drum, roll. drum
1: roll. It's called the neppuccino.
0: Mm, great. Cool. I, I actually have heard of neppuccinos before this election from my favorite former Triple J presenter, Brooke Boney, who's now on channel nine. Um, on her Instagram feed, she's dabbled in this phenomenon. She has, in the name of research,
1: <laughs> So tell tried us what a Nappuccino is.
0: So look, basically, as it sounds, it is having, and it doesn't need, I don't think it needs to be a cappuccino. It can be just a coffee.
1: Coffee of any variety.
0: Yeah, of your favorite variety. But could I'd be say. It could be a Nappresso. It could be a espresso <laughs> Or, but I think it can't be decaf. Is my, only, <laughs> is my only thinking <laughs> on it. That would be important. So it has to be a caffeinated coffee that you have just before taking a short nap. The theory being that the perfect nap is quite short. Yes. And the time for coffee to sink in is about 20, 25 minutes. Right. So if you can get the it coffee, you have the, it wakes you up. So you wake up feeling refreshed by that caffeine hit.
1: And dare I ask, is there evidence to support the nappuccino?
0: It's a really good point. <laughs> I thought you might ask. It's very loose depending on what you think evidence is. One particular productivity expert said it worked for him once. So, so we're right? talking
1: popular science.
0: Popular science, yeah, yeah.
1: Let's move on, let's move on.
0: I think that that's the right thing to do. <laughs> yes, it is. We've got more important things to discuss, obviously. We said we talk about diversity and inclusion. We love this topic and we absolutely see its importance in work today and for the future. Rhonda, you can't say this, but I can and I'm going to. You are clearly a global HR leader. And you're an absolute expert and deeply passionate about diversity inclusion. You are the chair of Ari's uh, Diversity and Inclusion Reference Panel and are no doubt looking forward to Ari's conference this Friday on inclusion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I
1: really am. Okay. It's, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic conference and I absolutely think I would agree with you um, <laughs> of what you just said is I'm absolutely passionate on this topic and we all are. I mean, it's really, yeah. we are such social creatures that to be included is fundamentally important to every single one of us and it's a big part of what makes us human and we feel our best when we're included when we're welcome when we belong and at work that means the people we work with want and appreciate look forward to seeing us and appreciate our best contribution every day it is as fundamental a foundation as you can get for work and work relationships as, as anything
0: yep and that's all about the mindset isn't it
1: yeah it is about the mindset so as we start to work on diversity inclusion it's been mm. quite programmatic but if you look at it yeah. um, ho- more holistically and what we were learning and refining and from past experiences we know that things like sheep dipping people through a particular program, yeah. uh, our favorite unconscious bias stuff, yeah. there's some good science behind unconscious bias but sheep dipping people through unconscious bias is probably not the way to solve it. Yeah, and so. So that's not critical of learning or programs, but yeah. the need to think more deeply and be more aware and more involved in how you bring it to life for everyone in the organisation, not just leaders. It's not a—it's not a program or a training course. Yeah, it's actually a different way of being with each other, and I think it's just a mind sh- shift about the way we think about it.
0: Yep. And so what you're saying is, traditionally we've looked at leaders and we've focused on a few key things, yeah. and that's had made made some good progress, and it's an awareness level. Um, but really, everyone has a role to play in this in diversity inclusion, right?
1: Yeah, they absolutely do. and and the way that we're looking at this um, in the diversity inclusion diversity inclusion maturity model, which yeah. we, Help built with some other people for Ari with the Human Resource Institute, yeah. is we act- actually outline three la- levels of diversity inclusion, of understanding it of maturing that thinking. Yeah. Level one is compliance, and still got a bunch of companies get that wrong, but hopefully most get that right now. Yeah. Level two uh, is how we change mindsets and behaviors, and it's actually programmatic. Yep. And the third thing is just the way we do business. Just yep. that's how we are. So a yep. really great model.
0: Yeah it makes a lot of sense and I think obviously the way we do business um, is fundamental, it's changing your DNA. Have we seen organisations pushing the envelope and making it part of their business to that degree?
1: I think we're just starting to see people get to that point point. we've got um, some wonderful clients that we get really super excited about in this area. But at the moment, the ones that are in that zone, that have actually designed their organisations to fundamentally be inclusive and absolutely the way they work, so in the DNA. Are actually what we call b corps which is more is designed as a b corp and it's designed that diversity inclusion is in our minds from day one just the way we do business clients customers ourselves each other this is how we treat people it's extremely important
0: yeah absolutely and i think look we can talk about one of the specific clients that we've been working with this a lot which is domain um, group um, who've looked at it very differently and moving way beyond compliance so With Domain, we co-created a set of two immersive virtual reality experiences, which was a lot of fun, looking at power dynamics and exclusion in the workplace. Um, They were short and powerful because we asked participants to embody a character and then deeply empathize with that situation really quickly.
1: Yeah, and and I think virtual reality, which I just think is so untapped, it's just going to go from strength to strength. but. The responses of participants to that experience is really, really fascinating. And rarely um, do you remember what was said or sometimes even the scenario that we've planned out, but people remember how they felt. Yeah. And so when totally. we say, what does inclusion feel like? People know what it feels like. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's virtual reality or real reality, yeah. um, as soon as you walk in, you get it. You think that's how it felt to be, like people wanted me there or I didn't really feel like I fit in there. Yeah. So that's really super important. Um, what we did with Domain is we took that virtual reality, because that's one experience, it was really mm-hmm. short, just a minute or yeah. two in each yeah. scenario, and drove that into a three hour workshop talking about belonging. And that is a whole different idea, yeah. um, and not your typical one around, here is the business case for diversity and inclusion, but actually, let's understand lived experiences, let's understand the perspectives, the differences in baselines, the legal backdrop, but how can we create belongingness and how do we create it for each other? Yeah. And that's when diversity inclusion stops being a leader policy and starts being how we work together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know we normally get you to talk about data, but we both love it equally. (laughs) So I thought I would give myself the data part for this week. Thank you. Taking the pressure (laughs) off. off. And there's a lot of stats and uh, facts and figures on this one, but um, had some really strong results. Through domain, over 650 people um, participated in this all over Australia with over 40 workshops, um, and it got a net promoter score of plus 68, which is an amazing score for this type of yeah, um, program. Yeah, glo- global net
1: promoter for learning. Yes. People think it in customer terms. That's right. Global net promoter for learning programs is absolute world class 30. Yeah. So 68 is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and it's a spectrum from minus 100 to plus 100, right? Yes, that's so exactly right. We're on the right side of it. We're <laughs> like more than on the right side. <laughs> And I think importantly here as well, 98% of participants understood their personal role in diversity and inclusion. Obviously that's really important to get this into the DNA for domain. Yes, Um, If everyone has a role to play, they must understand it. It makes a lot of sense. Yes. Uh, Look, um, we also know since this work domain launched new corporate values. And when we saw those, we absolutely we just, loved them. We
1: just love them. And they did this work and we are just so impressed by it that anyone is looking at values. This is like for my money. It's sort yeah. of a real role model. Yeah. Um, first one open doors, open minds. Yeah. Um, just such a beautiful yeah, love link it. into property and things like that. But, yeah. um, always looking through each other's eyes, just being open minded about the person in front of you.
0: Yeah. And I love the second one as well, which is passion is contagious. So we don't keep it to ourselves. We spread it around until everyone has got it. And for me, that just talks to belonging. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> it's part,
1: we're all part of it. I thought yeah, that was lovely that's too. right. Third <laughs> one was have adventures, big yeah. ones, small ones, and the kind that make our time here all the more meaningful. Yeah. And I think that really talks to work too, that it's not this thing you go to for life. It's this thing you go to for a period of time with people and you share an adventure and it can be really fantastic.
0: Yeah, and the fourth one, uh, all about mindset around learning and learning from failures, mistakes, whatever we want to call it, but is leap, grow, repeat. We admire the leap, learning when we fall, <laughs> celebrating when we land, and then leaping all over again.
1: Yeah, that's Just really lovely. Enough totally. said, love it. <laughs> so to summarize what we learned working with them, and they're, yeah. they're a wonderful group of people, is... This, this will be the big summary lesson. So first of all, change starts with a big ambition, not a little one. Like we can tweak diversity inclusion or we can absolutely expect people to create yeah. belonging. That's a big ambition. Yep. Second one, inclusion is everyone's job. Yeah, every single employee has a role in it and every single employee should be able to expect it to yep. feel like they belong. Third one, virtual reality is a pattern interrupt. It's yep. a way of walking in someone else's shoes that you can't do um, without... All sorts of crazy psychology experiments, but that's a great start. (laughs) Um, Human beings matter would be number four. And fifth is measure the previously immeasurable. We're starting to get really good understanding of how to talk about and measure culture. Belonging is a really critical factor in that. Can't wait to bring you more of that. We've, We've been talking about it for a little while and it's coming to life right before our eyes. We're very excited.
0: Love it. Awesome. And what are we going to cover next week?
1: Well, next week, we're going to go from today's conversation all about being included and belonging to talking about being unincluded to being bullied and harassed um, and what it looks like up close and personal, but equally what to do if it happens to you and how to deal with it when it's around you and you're a bystander. So it's a really, really important topic and we look forward to speaking to that.
0: Yep, sounds good. Look, make sure you tune in next week. You know how you're going to be able to do that. Like us and, and subscribe to Article 23. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes or Spotify. That is your shortcut to never missing an episode. Thanks again. We've loved spending time with you all and a moi from us.